0: If you want to watch the game that we're playing this week, you can see the video version of the podcast at ericandkelby.com. Thanks for listening to the Personal History of Games. I'm your host, Eric Canius, and this week we have the most special guest of all, at least to me, because it's my wife, Robin. Having recently finished her master's degree at NYU, Robin finally had some time to share her stories of childhood friends, Laser Quest, and DDR as we passed the controller back and forth while playing Pokemon Snap for the N64. Here's that conversation.
1: Yay. No, I like I don't know for some reason like even not even just seeing it come up on the screen, but like the act of turning on an N64 just feels like super nostalgic to me. And then like the graphics, I don't know. I think it's cuz like your your first console, you're always like, "Wow, this is so cool." And so it always feels up to date even though it's tragically <laughs> bad.
0: Definitely. Yeah, like I had a PS1 so that PS1 is just like, that's the sound of me time-traveling back in time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: But we're here with Pokemon Snap on the N64. Yeah. And what made you want to bring this game to the show, Robin?
1: So I decided on Pokemon Snap, uh, one, because it's kind of been back in the popular culture because the second one's coming out, which is really exciting. But more so because it's like I wanted a game that wasn't like an action adventure or a fighting game, if that makes sense, which I feel like 90% of games are. Yeah. Or if they're not platformers, but I mean, even platforms are like kind of a type of action slash adventure. Yeah. But yeah, and it's just like, I think Pokemon Go is one of the really great first examples of a game that, you know, kind of tried something completely different with its play style.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Like for what you'd expect, especially from the previous Pokemon games, being like, here's one where you're just on a cart and you take pictures of these Pokemon. Everyone loves looking at them.
1: Yeah, they're like the other ones are all really battle heavy. And I appreciate that this is about like, just take pictures of these cool Pokemon in nature. Yeah, I like that. And I like I think uh, games that aren't that don't revolve around like fighting and stuff are really undervalued.
0: I agree. Do you have any specific memories of playing this game originally when you first got it? What's the like kind of mental image you have of the space around you?
1: So I guess growing up, my I predominantly played video games with my best friend Casey, who is still my best friend. We were childhood friends, met when we were two and four years old. Uh. Yeah, very cute. And so, you know, Even if she wasn't there when I first played it, I think it's like, you know, you just imagine she was probably there. Yeah, And yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, we watched Pokemon growing up and it just, I, you know, sometimes still even, even though the graphics are horrible, which is like one of the reasons I'm so excited for the new one to come out. You just get that sense of wonder of like, this game really brings those you know creatures to life in a way i feel like the battle games don't and so it's just like oh my god we're seeing you know like right now like a moltres or a magmar and it's exciting
0: yeah i mean they get a lot more uh screen time and personality shown in these like as you drive by them in their natural habitat in yeah parts. um then you do like Running into them in the in the other game and battling them and stealing them <laughs> and then making them fight for you.
1: Exactly. And that seems like the main, obviously, the main goal in the other ones is it's like their stats, their, you know, abilities and stuff. And here it's just like, it's just cool to see them yeah. and to see what you can kind of do with them. You know, I'm also just like a super visual person. Yeah. Like, I love the visual arts. So... A game where the primary goal is to take pictures rather than make things fight (laughs) um, is a big win for me.
0: Definitely, that makes sense. That's the thing; it's like a a nice calm game, but there's a lot of things you could do, things to unlock. I'm just going to start from the start for me.
1: Yeah, I think that's the other really fun thing about it is that it has all of these kind of little hidden Easter eggs and like things that you can like kind of catch the Pokemon doing or you know influence them to do that are really fun.
0: Where, was your household the type to have like a lot of games or did you have like a couple that you played a bunch?
1: So I'm an only child and my parents like you no know, app, like zero about technology, zero <laughs> about games. Like they are, you know, barely know how to set the time on a VCR type of human beings. <laughs> but, you know, if they could afford it and I wanted a game, they were happy to, you know, get it for me. They weren't you know, anti-video game people at all. They were never going to play with me. I think my dad maybe once or twice played the NASCAR game with me because he's a huge NASCAR (laughs) fan. But yeah, I remember inheriting a box of N64 games from a family friend when he like upgraded to like, I think a PS2. But it was like all these games I maybe played like two or three times and then had very little interest in. Yeah, like racing games and sports games, which have never been really my thing. One of them was Wave Racer, though. And that's that's like another classic. And we (laughs) played that a lot. But yeah, when it came to actually playing the games, like me and Casey had a few that we like really clung to and really enjoyed until like the next new fad came along. Wave Racer was one of them. (laughs) What else was there? Once I got a PS2, Soul Calibur was big. Ooh. Yeah, that was our our favorite fighting game. Uh, we played a lot of yeah, a lot of Smash Brothers. Yeah, so we did a lot of the fighting games. Um, yeah. and Mario Kart, OG Mario Kart. Actually, is it OG?
0: Uh, no, it's on Super Nintendo.
1: That's wild. Okay, so N sixty four Mario Kart.
0: Were you and Casey good at being competitive with each other? It didn't cause any feuds.
1: Yeah, we were pretty good at it.
0: That's good. I feel like that's hard to find is those friends that you can uh, play competitive games with and it'd be fine (laughs) and not be like grumpy about it.
1: No, exactly. Also, it's like I am like the older one of us two and we definitely had like a very sisterly relationship. So it was always she kind of got to be second player on all the games. And yeah, she probably lost a little bit more, especially (laughs) when we were really young, because like those couple of years can really make a difference. In terms of your skills uh, and abilities, but you know, she was never like a really uh, like a bad sport about it or anything like that. I specifically remember one time though, where we were playing Soul Caliber, and she was getting frustrated because I kept winning uh, using Valdo, which she hated, (laughs) (laughs) because I would just like hump her into the air to death (laughs) and so she started playing with her feet just as a like i've given up and she started winning
0: (laughs) which is bullshit i don't know what that says about uh either of yours playing or the dreamcast or the soul caliber game like how button mashy it was right
1: exactly (laughs) there's just a lot of things wrong (laughs) that's
0: great though i love that
1: (laughs) But yeah, no, for the most part, we never got into fights over video games. That's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you already said Pokemon Go and, and Soul Calibur and that sort of thing. Do you have a PS2 for Soul Calibur then? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, so I, uh, my first console was an N64.
0: Do you remember what brought that to your attention and how you like wanted that or got it? Or was it just like, did it show up?
1: No, I do remember. Like A lot of my friends already had consoles. And I knew I wanted one and like a lot of them had Segas, mm-hmm. but like, I just, I didn't like the games as much, I guess is what it came down to, right? Like we played a lot of Mortal Kombat and a lot of Sonic and I was very like, eh, this is okay. And then I played or I watched someone play or I played Zelda Ooh. For the N64. And I really liked that. I really liked the uh, graphics a lot better, which is an important thing to me. And I found the story and the gameplay more interesting. And so, yeah, then when my parents, like, finally caved and said they would get me one for Christmas. <laughs> uh, yeah, I chose the the N64 because it just seemed like more my style. Cool. But I, I can't say I knew, like, a ton about it. I wasn't, like, yeah. ever a... Super huge, a gaming news person. What would you call it? Like, I didn't know the up and coming yeah, trends stuff no, like that's that. That's why I was
0: curious because, like, I kind of knew it from watching G four if that was even a thing when the PS one came out. But yeah, I was just wondering like where that came from. Did you have like those neighbors that had the Sega then, where you'd like go over to the house and play yeah. a weird game? <laughs> did you have any of those? uh Did you also experience the thing of like having k- friends to just use their things? <laughs>
1: No. Well, that's
0: good.
1: <laughs> uh, like, everyone already had the stuff. Like, Casey's brother, I guess, was probably the person okay. who I got to experience N64 from the most. And he was, like, he quite a bit older than us. I mean, reasonably enough older than us. And he was playing Conker's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> and, like, that was probably one of the, f- like, first games I played. <laughs> because it had... Uh,
0: swears yep. <laughs> and references to oh, the matrix. Oh God,
1: Casey's dad did not care about that at all. <laughs> like just no fucks given about that, but we just played like the multiplayer mode. So I didn't right. know much about the story mode to begin with. It was like one of the first games I remember having like a pretty decent, like co-op capture the flag game in it. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and we played that a lot and we really enjoyed it. So, Cool. Then that kind of, you know, made me want my own, that and Zelda. And then uh, after a while, I upgraded to the PS2. And that was, again, I was like a late adopter because I can be quite picky about the video games I like. True. <laughs> yeah. You know and That's this. fine.
0: No, that's fine. Everyone has their own taste.
1: And uh, when Kingdom here Hearts comes... came out, that was the first game I got oh, for it.
0: yes. Here we go again. <laughs> So you were another one of the teenage girls <laughs> caught up in the Kingdom Hearts.
1: Well, it was great. It had Disney people in <laughs> yeah. it. And it was like the parts of Final Fantasy that girls loved, which was like the people in the costumes. Yeah,
0: the hot boys in their buckles. <laughs>
1: yeah. It was like a great combo, you know. It was one of the few games where it's like, oh, I can play this the whole way through without getting too bored or anything which is a problem with me and kind of those longer action adventure games too. Yeah. Is I tend to forget that I've been playing them (laughs) and then all of a sudden it's three months later, (laughs) which is another reason why games like these are like appeal so much to me. Right.
0: Definitely. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. But uh, yeah, then it was PS2 and then it's just, I've been in PlayStation ever since. I don't think I, oh, I got the Wii, but I never got the GameCube. Right. Yeah. So I didn't stay too committed to Nintendo after the N64. Yeah,
0: that's fair. Yeah, you'd mentioned your parents are not technology people. <laughs> they did not play the games with you. No. It's not out of lack of interest in your life. It's just like technology just seems to like not be a thing that they want to delve into.
1: No, like uh my Mom has recently become somewhat familiar with her smartphone enough that she can send me messages and yeah. she knows how to use emojis now, Oops. which is great. And like recently she's learned how to use gifs and stickers and stuff. Yes. She's all over that. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes the messages still don't make sense, but she's given it her best. Uh, like my dad still refuses to send a text message, yep. you know, like that's how far behind he is with technology. So, yeah, no, their disinterest in video games, I think, came more from their incompetence in, you know, technology than anything and just utter lack of desire to learn about technology. Right. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, if we went to the arcade, like, my dad would happily hop in one of those, like, racing simulators beside me and play racing games and stuff like that. You like pinball. You know, he's kind of, like, one of those people.
0: Yeah. You were you, you mentioning he's, like, a parlor game type of guy. So oh, he's insane and that sort of at them
1: all. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. his special talent is, like, he's won so many, like, pool championships and dart championships, and he can, like, bowl a perfect game, no problem. That's, like, totally his jam.
0: Are you into any sort of those sorts of games?
1: I used to play pool a little like when I was younger and darts too, just because, well, my dad was always taking me to pool halls and we had a dartboard in the house. Right. So, you know, every kid wants to play with sharp things when they're around. (laughs) I was pretty responsible with them though. No injuries ever. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's not something that really stuck. I like never had a natural knack for them the way my dad did. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, those were games that we would more play as a family, especially bowling. Like, bowling was definitely the big family thing we did together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and everyone in my family is good at bowling.
0: That's fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then what else? I feel, oh, and then card games were big when I was growing up.
0: Yeah, you're a card game family. I've known some families like that. We were not one. But, like, a reason to gather around the table that's not just food is always nice. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, like, my, I was pretty good at catching on to the card games, and me and my dad, like, especially loved Rummy. But yeah, he taught me how to play Rummy, and on Sunday mornings, because my mom often worked on the weekends, it's like we would get up and eat breakfast and play a game or two of Rummy together. That's fun. Yeah yeah not bad so they were like they weren't against playing games with me yeah they just didn't want to play video games with me
0: yeah and they're not against media they watch TV constantly <laughs> so. oh yeah no <laughs> just... they
1: like they weren't those parents they had absolutely zero concern about how much time <laughs> I spent in front of a screen like they did not care
0: <laughs> same
1: <laughs> yeah if anything it was like less time they had to you know worry about what I was doing so
0: no, that kind of paints the picture of the household. Not in a bad way, just in like uh, that's what it is because it's similar to my household.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty common, especially amongst, you know, kids from our generation, kids born in, you know, the early mid-90s yeah, um, who are kind of just growing up like their parents didn't have any of this technology. It's just emerging yeah. as we're growing up. And especially amongst kids with, like, working class families. I was going to
0: say, kids in our generation and kids in our tax bracket. (laughs) Exactly.
1: That's exactly it. Yeah. Because, like, you know, my mom works in a grocery store and my dad is a truck driver. And neither of them have ever, you know, they're manual laborers. Yeah. They've never had the opportunity to learn about technology and they've never had the need to use it for their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. But they were always really, like, supportive of me doing it. I remember my... Best, well, my other best friend. Everyone's my best friend.
0: <laughs> You're good at making friends. I keep telling you that.
1: So And my other best friend, Jamie, Um, her parents did work in technology. Her dad's like a really fun guy and also just like a huge nerd. We used to go after their parents divorced, which is kind of bleak. But we used to go to his house all the time and play GTA because he had like all the video games. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, her uh, family was, like, really early adopters of having, like, a home PC. And so I remember one day, like, specifically that my parents came over to visit her family. And then they were like, oh, yeah, a computer is, like, so great and so necessary and is the future and, like, all of that stuff. And you (laughs) should definitely get your kid a computer. And then they were, like, a little skeptical of that, I would say. But uh, eventually they caved and they got me one. (laughs) So yeah, not not super anti technology, but not super up to date on it. No, that's
0: fair, and that's how you get into it from the friends and other people you know.
1: Exactly, your friends with more money than exactly. you.
0: Exactly, <laughs> because my parents weren't against technology either. It was the more of uh, we didn't have the money for anything.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Like, and that's half the reason I was also like a late adopter of so many consoles. Yeah, it was just you had to wait for that kind of okay.
0: Hey folks, if you're enjoying this podcast, Beamed Media has another new podcast I think you'll love. It's called Do We Like? And I co-host it along with my partner, Robin. Robin, do you want to explain the show?
1: Thanks, Eric. Hi, I'm Robin, co-host of Do We Like? A podcast where Eric and I debate common people, places, and things to decide if we like them or need to leave them. Join us each week as we debate controversial topics like pickles, underwear, bubble tea, and Queen Elizabeth I? Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or come find us at com.
0: Alrighty, so you had, so we got to the PS2. Yes. You played GTA and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, moving forward from there, you're in your teens, Kingdom Heart, da da da. One Heart. Kingdom heart, heart, yes.
1: The Kingdom of Heart.
0: <laughs> exactly. Goofy has to open the dark portal or whatever. (laughs) That's
1: only in the newest one. Well, Don't give away spoilers. (laughs) What
0: does he have to do in the old ones? I don't
1: remember. Just follow you around.
0: Saying gorsh?
1: Yeah. (laughs) He's supposed to be Donald's magic... I think he's supposed to be, like, the high defense character.
0: Oh, uh, he's the tank? Yeah. I would not picture Goofy yeah, as the tank. Yeah, I think tank. he's
1: supposed to be your healer. He's actually not okay, bad at it. Healer, I got then. frustrated at Donald a lot more than <laughs> Goofy. Yeah.
0: Ugh, silly. <laughs>
1: but, yeah, so in my teen years, uh, I played Kingdom Hearts, obviously. And uh, I would say that, like, my... Involvement in video games was really on and off like I wouldn't say it was steady It kind of depended who I was hanging out with which, you know kind of changed a lot year from year As it kind of does when you're a teen But I do have to say I don't think I ever Dated a boy who didn't play video games (laughs) I don't know what that says about me, but yeah, so if I was dating someone, I usually played video games a lot because they did. Yeah. I, well, I guess, you know, uh, I also, I was like obsessed with going to arcades. And Ooh. I guess like I always had been. Uh, Casey's dad took us a lot when we were younger to Rutgers, which is like a local chain that is now since shut down.
0: That Rutgers is still around? Oh, no. it,
1: it, oh well, it's around in Saskatoon. It's, right. it's shut down here. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then I used to go a ton when I was like 14 and 15 because I loved DDR.
0: Yeah. Oh, there we go. That's what we're getting to. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk more about that. DDR and the arcades. I actually didn't know much about the arcade thing.
1: Right. So it's like I uh, actually, so I started going to arcades again kind of as a teen after a while of just, you know, not because we got too old for our parents to take us. Because I became friends with a guy who was just really, really into DDR. And so I started like going with him to hang out at the arcade and playing myself. And then I got really into it as well. And after a while, I was going pretty much every weekend, right? (laughs) I participated in like the local DDR tournament and Uh. I didn't do too bad. Um, I could never get the hang of like doing tricks or anything like that. But I could do like a lot of the songs on heavy mode and cool. whatever came after heavy sometimes i no longer remember but yeah we would i would play for like hours <laughs> hours every weekend like an entire 8 hour day just spent playing ddr Whoa. as you can imagine i was a really freaking skinny teenager
0: <laughs> did you have like the towel around your neck
1: no, you no, have, I never did that. No, you didn't
0: have the towel. Do you have like gloves for hanging onto the bar?
1: No, I didn't. I did not <laughs> hang on the bar. We made fun of people who did well, that.
0: I, yeah, that's, I thought that was pro strats. You're telling me that's that's baby mode? No, people <laughs> like
1: people often do it. Like, okay, it's kind of like there's two kind of players, right? There's the players who are just like obsessed with doing the fastest songs right. possible, yes. and they're often bar huggers, right? <laughs> yes, but it's like people who like you know want to do songs that actually have that are fun and have some style and a beat to them and stuff. Like you're not going to hug the bar for that. Yeah. Yeah. And like a lot of those players were like trick players. They could do spins. They would like get down on their hands and knees and almost like <laughs> play like break dancing. Yeah. <laughs> could they do the- I could never get that good, but I knew one guy who was like phenomenal at it. He could play both pads at once. I was going
0: to ask, can I do the double pads? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool.
1: So that was always really cool to watch. But anyways, uh, since I was there so much, when I was 15, they gave me a job. Cool. Uh, And then I worked there for about a year or a year and a half. Um, And then it, yeah, it shut down. Because it was very poorly
0: managed. <laughs> to say the least, yes. Yeah. We'll leave it at that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, kind of PDR went out of vogue and it wasn't so popular anymore. And the kind of those crowd of friends I made and bonded with over it kind of like, you know, dissipated. They all we all kind of went our own ways. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, I very briefly got a job at Safeway, which I hated. <laughs> absolutely hated. So I left that and I got a job at Laser Quest. Yeah. Which was another thing I spent a lot of time doing right. as a kid because I lived next door to it.
0: Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it was it was one of those things where it's like and it only cost I think 7 dollars around at that time, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you save up your allowance and then you walk next door and go to the Laser Quest on the weekend. Cool. So They already knew me. I was a member. I was one of those dirty people. I had my own key fob (laughs) with my name. So it never changed and stuff, right? Yeah. I was super nerd. That's great. I hung out with the other members and like...
0: Very cool, I'm sure. Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) My favorite member was Al. His name's not really Al. I don't know what his real name is. i I don't know. like it's uh, everyone calls him Alapalooza. That was his laser quest name. Right. He looked like Weird Al. <laughs> okay. And that's how he got it. <laughs> um we call him Alapalooza. and he was undoubtedly the best laser quest player in Regina. And he played tournaments around Canada. And I think he was just constantly ranked in like the top five or ten players Whoa. in the world. <laughs> and he was just like, A super, super nice guy, but then also very strange. He had been (laughs) hit by lightning. So every once in a while. (laughs) What? Yeah. So he had been hit by lightning um, uh, (laughs) at one point during his life. And so uh, he was also very good at DDR. And uh, we had a DDR machine in the, you know, Front Foy along with some other arcade games. Yeah. And every once in a while while he'd be playing any one of the arcade games, they would just like shut down <laughs> because that was like the superpower he gained from being struck by lightning yeah. is that electronics <laughs> malfunctioned around him all the time. <laughs> um, Maybe
0: that's what made him so good at Laser Quest.
1: I sometimes think, like, wonder if that's it. So, like, but he was all, he was very skilled. Like, yep. it, would, like it would be you know, rude to underestimate him, but he's just like a character (laughs) who I think I will remember my entire life. He was great. Like he was so nice. That's sweet. Yeah. But yeah. So then I got a job there and that kind of kept me in the, you know, arcade world a bit because they had the games there as well. Yeah. And then eventually I left that job and then I was going to say, I guess that was the end of like my jobs in gaming. But after Laser Quest, I got a job at Blockbuster right. where you could like take home 10 free games every week.
0: That's so many. It was, <laughs> it was so, so great.
1: <laughs> it was so unnecessary. Yes. There's no reason for that That's at extreme. all. But yeah, so I definitely, you know, it was 10 games or movies. Right. So I obviously used it a lot more for movies, but yeah. I got to play a lot of games that way too.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. All right, I kind of want to double back to something. What is a DDR tournament like? Do you remember what the details are? It was this like an if not an official but like a was it well produced at all or was it just like a group of people showed up?
1: So, they actually did a pretty decent job of it, you know, being a tournament, but it wasn't like like it would pale in comparison to any sort of tournament that you would see for gaming now, I think. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it's like a qualifying tournament. Mm. Ah. So it's not like a huge finals or anything like that. But it was sponsored by Red
0: Bull. Whoa. Yeah. See, that's something. That's something right there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It
1: was sponsored by Red Bull. Well, like everyone who was competing got their own number and their own T-shirt. Cool. Yeah. And, you know, it was like one versus one tournaments.
0: Okay. That because makes sense.
1: yeah, so it's like you know, you each have to play the same song on the same difficulty yeah. with the same modifiers. Right. The same modifiers on. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it was just uh like a bracketed tournament that way. Yeah. And I believe I didn't do bad, but I definitely didn't like place.
0: Was there any like ringer that came out or is it like some most people you knew or like have seen around?
1: No, it was all people I knew. Fair, <laughs> um, one hundred percent. Yeah, like some of them would be around more than others. Yeah, um, on a regular basis, but it's like every you have to go into practice, right? And we had maybe one of four DDR machines in the city Fair. at the arcade I worked in, so I, you know, definitely had seen all of them at least once or twice before.
0: <laughs> I was just hoping for that like sitcom moment of the old guy that you see walking the streets and he shows up and he crushes a DDR and then he walks into the sunset. You never see him again.
1: No, nothing that cool. There was like one guy <laughs> who came in like a Darth Vader costume, but oh he was like God. super lame and creepy <laughs> and like tried Doesn't to hit on me. me oh boy. And, and then like, yeah, Casey <laughs> purposely got in the way just as much as she possibly could.
0: Well, I'm glad you got your Yeah, she's your got support. my back. Yep.
1: But yeah, so that's that's really what it was like. It's a very sweaty and a very smelly tournament. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Just thinking of like how kind of dank Rutgers already was with all the metal and like old machines around. And then you just add a bunch of teens sweating.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. That place always smelled. One time we accidentally sprayed bear spray in it.
0: What? How do you accidentally?
1: What? (laughs) Well, someone got bear spray uh-huh. I I don't like they decided this was a good self defense. I mean, it wasn't in a great neighborhood. Yeah. They're like, this is gonna be our getting mugged protection because someone got mugged. Oh. Yeah. And then they decided to get it and then they wanted to test it, and then they sprayed the littlest spray uh, and it devastated the whole building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had to like evacuate everyone out.
0: Great. I love it. Yep. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, working at an arcade is always a ridiculous time.
0: I mean, it sounds fun. See, you had such cool jobs.
1: I was lucky, yeah. yeah. I feel like most kids are like forced to work in like fast food services yeah, and stuff gas, like fast that. fast food,
0: gas station, or if you're lucky, retail. Yeah. And the other stuff is so bad.
1: Then I was like, no.
0: Nah. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'll do cool stuff. Yeah. Play, uh, work at an arcade, and then watch it die, and then work at a Laser Quest, and then later watch it die.
1: <laughs> I had a very, like you can't get it if you don't ask mentality. So I True. always applied for all the cool jobs. That's smart. But it's also like, the you know, the other thing is, is I had relationships there. And that always 100% helped. Like the people at Laser Quest already knew me. Yeah. They knew I knew how to play the game. Um, I'd say with the people at Rutgers, it was like, before I was working there, if like the DDR machine wasn't working or it was eating our coins or something, you know, they already threw me the keys to fix it. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah, if you want to work somewhere cool, you just linger there until <laughs> no. they give you a job. That's my advice.
0: Ay-y-y-y. I yep. don't know. <laughs> this is a, since this is a gaming-focused podcast, I'm going to say don't do that because <laughs> there's already way too much of that. Just be friendly, be nice, and then leave when you should. <laughs> Unless you're better playing DDR if you're doing something, then go nuts.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Obviously, it depends on your workplace.
0: If you're just showing up at someone's office.
1: Yeah, like you don't <laughs> just like get a cup of coffee and like go sit outside the Google office because you want a job at Google that's not going to work.
0: Just start roaming around, get onto the campus. Uh,
1: but yeah, so I guess I've had a lot of like gaming and gaming adjacent jobs for somebody who like wouldn't consider themselves a gamer or someone who plays games regularly. Yeah. But, again, it's it's all about finding, like, the right kind for me. Uh, again, like, a game that's about dancing is like, oh, that is, you know, a great alternative to one where you just shoot people or <laughs> hit them with swords or sticks or whatever, yeah, yep. you're usually doing.
0: It makes a lot of sense.
1: And then I guess, you know, adulthood came, and, ugh, I mean, adulthood just really tears into your time to play video games. Absolutely. Um. Especially if you're like an arcade person like I am. Um,
0: did you like the barcades that you went to when you were in New York?
1: I did. Although it's just I wish that they had, you know, a better variety of games. <laughs> like that arcade didn't have any rhythm games. Yeah. Um, It was a lot of pinball and a lot of kind of just like, you know, kind of really old arcade games. Uh, like jammers. arcade platformers and stuff like that. Yeah. Windjammers wasn't bad.
0: Oh, Windjammers Jammers so good.
1: But yeah, it would have been cool for them to update a bit. But I also get that it's like, you know, you're in you're a bar in New York and you don't want a bunch of expensive equipment in like for patrons to fuck with. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: it's like you got to have the main ones. You can't really get esoteric and all those rhythm machines especially seem hard to upkeep.
1: Exactly. They are. They're so insanely hard. When I was working at Rutgers, we had one guy who just like knew how to take it apart and fix the sensors in the <laughs> pads and stuff. And that helped us out a lot. But without it, yeah, such a hard game to upkeep.
0: Yeah. Yep. RIP arcades. Yeah. but It was fun. Going. It was like a fun activity still. I do enjoy that. Uh, just heading out and grabbing some coins. From the machine and then playing some random games.
1: Yeah, they also just feel like they've gotten extraordinarily expensive. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah, there is the price goes up on everything. I get it. Yeah, it's but inflation it's, for you. Yeah, it's everything's uh, inflated, but it's I still just I'm like in my head expecting a token costs twenty five cents, a game costs one to two tokens. Yeah. But that's not it anymore. Yeah. yeah, I think that pretty much catches me up (laughs) to you knowing me.
0: Yep. We'll start wrapping it up here. Thanks for sharing your stories. You got anything to promote, Robin?
1: We do run a podcast together.
0: What's the name of that podcast?
1: That podcast is called Do
0: We Like? Where can we find that?
1: You can find it on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's at Do We Like Podcast. And then you can also find it at (laughs) www.dowelike.com
0: <laughs> All righty. <laughs> yes, Robin and I have a podcast where we debate things to find out if we should like them or leave them.
1: Silly things like pickles.
0: And avocados it's and other good. non-food items as well.
1: <laughs> Just food. Green foods in particular. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We're running out. Please help. <laughs> uh, anyways, thanks for being on the show, Robin.
1: And thank you for having me.
0: Oh, thanks for sharing your stories. I appreciate it. And that's another Personal History of Games for the folks at home. Thanks for your listening. <laughs> and we'll see you next time on the Personal History of Games. Goodbye. Bye. You can hear more of the personal history of games on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help us out, please leave us a rating and review. For updates, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at phogpod, or check out our website at personalhog.com. The show is hosted and produced by Eric Canius, executive produced by Robin Lands. Do We Like is brought to you by Beamed Media, a Canadian podcast network.